Hey folks, it's Josh Karyevsky from Industrial Logic. Welcome to the Modern Agile Show, episode 32. Here with my <laughs> buddy, uh, Mike Rizzi. How are you doing, Mike? Great, Josh, how are you doing? Good to see you. Great to see you as well. Well, we have been wanting to talk on this show for quite some time. <laughs> we finally uh, made the schedule happen. Um, now, you worked for years at a healthcare company. Yep, very large one. And um, I remember one of the stories you once told me was fascinating uh, from a variety of perspectives. I thought it'd be interesting for our audience for you to tell the story. Sure. Um, so I was a tech lead, uh, and we were working on uh, healthcare call center software that the advice nurses would use. and. One of the things nurses would do at the end of the call is they would often book an appointment for the member. So you're patient. saying a patient calls in to some to a nurse, to a nurse, and the nurse is then using your software, right, to help provide care. care. Everything from looking up medical records to looking at test results, looking at their pharmaceutical record. Um, Got it. Whole reference book for like, well, if you've got a sore throat, you could try this, this, and this. Uh -huh. you know, oh, that. so it provided a lot of that. A lot of it. it's emerging of many different systems. Fascinating. Um, yeah, it's a pretty cool system. Yeah. Because um, in the back end, they had 1,200 software systems entirely throughout the medical organization. Wow. And this was kind of like a portal to the stuff that advice nurses needed and used. Fantastic. So it sort of narrowed it down to their needs. Yeah. Um, so one of the one of the times, the, uh, the doctor in charge of the call centers, um, she said, hey, it would be great if we had this feature that once the appointment's booked, a little pop-up survey comes up asking the patient, are you happy with the appointment you just got? Because mm -hmm. there's a bit of an automated system to choosing right. the appointments. So in and other words, were you happy with the, the care you just got? No, just are you happy with the appointment that was just booked? Oh. In other words, you were given this date and time, were you happy with it? Yes. And it was just a simple question, yeah. and then based on it, something would happen. Okay. Um, so the team looked into how much, this was a waterfall kind of project. So. The team was looking into what it would take to build that seemingly small feature. Mm. Um, it turns out, because this code had been modified and added to over 15 years, spaghetti code might be a <laughs> phrase you might use for some. So there was no one clear point where booking was completed. It yes. happened in many places, oh so it was hard to add that feature. Mm. So the team came up with an estimate of around $200,000 for this one seemingly small feature. $200,000 for a tiny little pop-up question. Yeah, with two two questions on it. Oh boy. So, that's a lot. It, we're presenting for, for something that something that 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 trivial. Right. I mean, how big of a team are we talking about? That was probably there were probably five people involved on that one. All right. Um, you know, plus project lot. managers, testing and so forth. Right. Um, 200,000 for a pop-up. Okay. Yeah, it was kind of crazy. And so when we had the meeting with the doctor presenting it, um, she was like, well, that's a lot of money for that, and it's going to take a lot of time. And um, somebody suggested, well, does it have to be automated? Because all the expenses waiting for that appointment to be booked and figuring out all the scenarios where that could happen, what if there was just a button that said survey? And the nurses were all trained that after they book an appointment, they press the button. And the doctor's like, well, what will that cost? And people just kind of looked at each other and were like, I don't know, 10 grand, 20 maybe? 
And she's like, I'll take that. Okay. <laughs> now, hold on a second here. You suggested that that alternative, did you not? That's true. Yes, but you suggested it. <laughs> so a simple button you, that they'd press, and it would then send a message to the customer? No, it would just pop to, up to the patient. Basically, oh, that, the at button, that point, it pops up. The, the cost was the triggering. Oh, okay, yeah. The fine. complexity of the triggering. Oh, of the automatically customer. triggering it. Bingo. Instead of just letting the nurse click right. the button. So was the automatic that important? And the doctor was like, no, it's not $180,000 important. Right. Um, That's awesome. So that was your suggestion, and they went with it, and, and they did that. Yeah, they did. Yeah. Still in production as far as I know. And what was the team's reaction? Was it sort of like, wow, what a great idea, or was it that's kind of hokey? don't remember a hokey response. I don't mm -hmm. remember a strong response either way other yeah. than folks being relieved. Because in a way, when folks do a lot of work on the software, you know, doing analysis and deciding to build something, yeah. and then to have the, your business partner or your customer go, ah, never mind, too expensive. Yeah. So in a way, this was a little bit self-serving, like, oh, we did all this work, can we give them something? So your, right? your, um, your, you solutioned something that would, would solve the problem, I mean, basically. Yeah, solve the problem in an economic way that it wouldn't get nuked. Right, now I would say in Modern Agile, um, down here in Make, safety a prerequisite, mm -hmm. I, would call, I would call that financial safety. Yes. You were effectively looking out for the financial safety of the organization, right. of the, the budget, and you came up with a solution that was economical. Right. That's financial safety. Mm -hmm. um, that's, uh, is that something you thought about, or are you just in general kind of frugal? I think in general frugal. I've had several teammates over the years going, how do you think this way? You think from the customer's perspective and you think about costs. And, and I've never had a super good answer for it until fairly recently. There was a period where once in a while I would get asked not to be a developer or a lead, but could you be the analyst on this new enhancement? Mm. And being in that role was actually pretty valuable. And I think that's where I learned it because there you're working more with the customer. Again, this was a non-agile shop. Yes. Right. And by being closer to the customer, I think I started thinking more from their perspective. Right. So I see. that was the advantage of having multiple rows, ro bleh, roles over my career. Right. So definitely there's a lot of value in not just sticking to one role. Right. But also seeing perspectives from other roles and, right. and experiencing that. And that helped you to maybe be thinking a little more about money when it comes to Clearly. software development. Yeah, yeah, certainly. That's and you know, I definitely have a frugal side in general, anyway. Right. Um, but not. I don't think everybody thinks about frugality with their company's money. Um, I think that's mm. probably what's more of the missing element for some folks. Boy, as uh, a founder of a company, I love it when people. You know, <laughs> I love it when people think about, you know, financial safety and right. stuff like that. I mean, you do need to take risks, but you also need to be careful with how you spend money. Yeah. Otherwise, you'll be out of business. Mm -hmm. So true. if everyone is practicing some form of frugality um, that's great so and there's other takeaways from the story for me it, like it shows the value of um, customer collaboration yes right yes. direct conversation with your customer not through a proxy like a product owner yeah but like this is literally the person who had the bag of money yeah that was like oh yeah I want that she is the lead the lead doctor for yeah, she was in charge of whatever yeah. I think like 3,000 advice nurses who are wow. running 24 7 yeah that's yeah. that's true collaboration and that's yeah. true agility. So even though the your your area there wasn't really genuinely agile, right? There were elements of it that you brought in, right? Now switching gears, I know you were working with another client um, around. Um, well, they had issues with 
teamwork, they had issues with uh, psychological you know, safety. Psychological safety. Yeah, Can you was, say a little more about your experience with that? Yeah. Um, it was a team where there was not a lot of psychological safety. There was some, might even go so far as to say toxicity, uh, at least with some folks. Um, and so there wasn't a lot of trust. It was kind of a rough environment to be brought into coaching. Mm -hmm. um, and you, you, you knew that, how, how did you know that going in? Uh, during the assessment. Okay, um, so, so during the assessment you discovered toxicity was, between people. Yeah, and that was pretty clear. And it was actually okay. part of the assessment report that was written. Okay. Um, and so. But you went in anyway. We did. I think it was uh, like, I think it was close as to whether we wanted to go in or not to that okay. client. Mm -hmm. um, but did go in anyway. It was certainly one of the tougher gigs I've had. Mm -hmm. um, psychologically for me as well, it was exhausting. Yeah. Um, but what was kind of surprising was when the gig ended, didn't feel like, hey, we had a lot of success there. Um, like three months later, ran into one of the folks from the team and they were like, yeah, the team's, that team is like really tight now and they're, they're mobbing every day. They're, they got rid of their JIRA board, they're doing everything with a Kanban and post-its on the wall. They're doing everything you taught them and they're still doing it. Wow. And it was like, whoa. That's fantastic. And, and um, tell me more, did, did, how did you focus on the toxicity, on the lack of psychological safety. Right. And that was more my, my fellow coach, um, yes. uh, Dylan Kearns. Yeah, Dylan, amazing. Sure. Mm -hmm. um, and he's trained in nonviolent communication. Uh -huh. So this team, what he started doing was a little NVC, which is nonviolent non communication. communication. Nonviolent communication techniques with this team. Um, and, and it helped. It helped. One person you could tell was kind of poo-pooing and it was just too soft and froofy for them. Mm -hmm. But the other person who was also often say things that the other teammates would be like, Do you have you an example? Tell like I'll give, give, give us a real, potentially a real example. That's tough without giving yeah. away too much. Mm -hmm. um, let me think about that. But in the okay. meantime, what I was gonna say was that the second person, they had no idea. And so when they saw these techniques of communicating, they're like, Oh, wow. So for them, it was an epiphany. You could tell. You could actually mm -hmm. literally see the light bulb. Um, and their behavior changed as a result of that. And their behavior changed. And I think because it, everybody's behavior changed except for the one, that there's that whole herd mentality. Yes. When yes. everybody, then the other one starts to. Uh -huh. And so my sense is that they all the outlier to. ended up changing in some way mm -hmm. for the better. So that's that was fantastic. pretty cool. Yeah, that's really good. So I mean, psych safety is so so important. So important to our, to our work. We we For notice sure. in teams where there's no psychological safety, there's very low performance. Yeah, that was a low performing team prior to you guys arriving. Right. right. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Excellent. And um, and I really like the fact that the modern agile sticker sticker says, "Make safety a prerequisite, not an afterthought. Not an afterthought. Mm -hmm. Not it would be nice." Right. <laughs> So um, let's uh, talk a little bit about, you're an avid skier, aren't you? I am. And you still take lessons, I understand? I still take lessons. I've been, actually I didn't this year. Um, uh, I've been skiing since I was eight years old mm -hmm. and I always take lessons. Uh, and I've been taking lessons for the last 15 years from a guy named Sid, uh, Sid Jensen, who sadly passed away. Mm. Um, I skied with him until he was 84 years old. Wow. Um, and Every year I would take lessons with him. He was a great guy. He was an amazing skier. He was the equivalent of 
water flowing down a rock-strewn mountainside. Wow. Just smooth as silk. And I wanted to ski like that with low effort, mm-hmm. with agility. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and Moving with quick, with, easy with grace. With quick, easy grace, the whole thing. He would ski like really gnarly stuff as if it was nothing. And wow. have not breathing heavy, nothing. And so I aspired to it, and I always worked with him. And every, his lessons were outstanding, but they were always... He would always do one thing at a time. And I realized he was doing a lip lim- whip limit of one. Uh-huh. Oh, a whip limit of learning. So. Yeah. So he would be like, okay, Mike, can you just do this one thing? He wouldn't do the, you know, okay, lean, lean more into your skis, keep your upper body straight, do this, do that. It wasn't nine things at once. It mm-hmm. was one small thing, and we'd just work on it. Yes. And then he'd be like, oh, why don't you think about trying this? You know, and it was like these small adjustments mm-hmm. that had huge impacts. Wow. And it's kind of like your tennis story that you talk about mm-hmm. um, with the, you know, your grip. Yes. Uh, it's kind of analogous. Yeah, you know, I got gotcha. you. You kind of, you're So you were taking small dips in terms of like when you take on something new, obviously right. your, your, your performance per- drops. Performance drops, but you eventually come up to a higher level. Right. Yeah. So you're experiencing. It's kind of like new micro skill adjustment. Right. Versus right. sort of a larger larger changes. So this is like experimenting and learning rapidly. Yeah, that's a good way of putting it. That's the principle in Modern Agile. Um, your ski instructor, I think, taught in a way that allowed you to really take on these these changes. Right. It wasn't an overwhelming number of things at once. No, and you know, with anything with the physical body, it's hard to do a lot at once. It's yes. hard to get, I mean, you know, you can't do this, right? So. No. <laughs> <laughs> that's really cool. So, so yeah, I, I really liked his approach, and I, I've been starting to think about what he did with me and with myself working with clients, mm-hmm. yeah. trying to yeah. factor that in, right. you know, yeah. so looking I, for small wins. I think there's a lot to be said for the small wins, and um, I'm also intrigued sometimes, though, because sometimes we put teams into a complete, like, deep, agile experience. Right. You know, like, you're going to experience 12 different things. Right. Um, and sometimes that shocks them into like, wow, this is what it could be like right. instead of the small little I changes. go back and forth on it. I'm, I'm totally with you. It's like it's not clear to me that one way or the other is better yeah. or that maybe some combination of the two. It's still, right. I mean, I feel like for myself, it's not clear. Mm-hmm. You know, um, yes. The thing I did with Sid was more one-on-one, so maybe that might be more effective when pairing with someone. Mm-hmm. And you, you mentioned know. that he would uh, sometimes... Mimic how you ski? Oh, yeah, one time he was like, he was trying to get me to change this one aspect and I wasn't getting it. It was not sinking in. And he's like, okay, I'm going to ski the way you ski. So I'm going to go first, you watch me, and then maybe you'll understand what I'm trying to say. And so we did, he skied ahead of me. I was utterly horrified. I was just like, oh my, really? So That's this, what I look like? So he was visualizing the work in a way. Yeah, right? that's good. Yeah, he, he was, was. He was visualizing for you what, what you were doing wrong. Yeah, Sid was pretty lean. Mm-hmm. That's cool. So that helped you? <laughs> it really helped. Really helped. Huge difference. Uh-huh. Yeah. I haven't had a chance to try that technique with anyone. Like, oh, let me write some code the way you code. You know, I, don't, <laughs> I don't know if that would work, but um, awesome. it was a cool lesson, that's mm-hmm. for sure. Very good. Well, I know you, um, you're also a, a DJ at the local... Uh, community radio U- station. Community radio station, Cal, Cal Berkeley. Yep. Um, and uh, so I wanted to give you a little gift for uh-huh. coming today. I know that uh, Mike's a, a, you're a big food hound. Uh, not foodie, he prefers food hound, and um, he's very into music, so 
These are um, nice. rock and roll wooden spoons <laughs> that I think uh, just they're they've got your name all over them. So um, <laughs> this is for you. Thanks Thank for you coming onto the show. Can I do the modern agile show guitar riff? Exactly. End, you know? <laughs> <laughs> and thanks again for coming. Um, if you enjoyed the show, please share it with others. We uh, we appreciate that. Like it. Send us comments. Tell us what you want to see in future episodes. And thank you for watching.